1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you find podcasts. You'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. On the show today, uh, I want to talk about something a little bit different. We have the show tomorrow. is going to be our conversation with Packers safety, Neutral Jamerson, former Wisconsin Badger Neutral Jamerson, uh, going to be joining us. And so uh, really looking forward to that conversation. Uh, I, I think... You know, there there are certainly things to be gleaned from uh, these sorts of interviews with star players, and, you know, certainly I'm never going to turn down a star player interview, but I also think these players who are, you know, fighting for jobs, fighting for roster spots, I think they they consistently have interesting stories to tell, so uh, I'm anxious to have that conversation and, and even more anxious to bring that conversation to you. What I wanted to talk about today, uh, and at least kick off the show with, is uh, based on uh, a tweet that was sent out by Daniel Jeremiah, and he sent out his MVP odds. And friend of the show and America's guest Jason Hershorn sent them to me. Uh, they did include uh, Saquon Barkley, which we agreed was nuts, and you know Patrick Mahomes, who would be a back-to-back MVP, and that is not something over the last 15 or so years that has really happened. And for our purposes, I wanted to look at it through the lens of, okay, what is Aaron Rodgers' stance in all of this? Where is he among the MVP contenders? So I went to my bookie, former uh, and potentially future partner of the show, and I looked up the MVP odds. Patrick Mahomes, 4-1. It is hard for me to argue with something like that. Patrick Mahomes was awesome last year, 50 touchdowns. Now, we don't know what the situation is with Tyreek Hill. And that is a a very complicated, very ugly situation involving uh, the mother of his child and his child and Child Protective Services and allegations of abuse and it, it's just it is really, really gnarly and ugly and disappointing that that anyone has to deal with it. Uh, it is, and I don't mean that from Tyree Kill's standpoint. I mean obviously from the child's standpoint. You know, you should never have to, as a child, deal with something like that. Uh, but it is the case that that he's a huge part part of the Kansas City offense. We don't know what, if any, suspension is going to look like. And so I I don't know that that Patrick Mahomes as a repeat MVP something that does not happen often makes sense as the favorite. I get him being at the top of the list somewhere in that like two three four range. The leader that's too much for me. Now they have Drew Brees at seven to one. He's next. This makes sense to me. I felt like Drew Brees should have been in, in bigger consideration last year, although I did feel as though you know the offense caters to, to his strengths in a way that a lot of other quarterbacks do not get their strengths catered to. And And obviously, I'm looking at it through the lens of Aaron Rodgers and what his scheme did for him and how many schemed-up throws there were and how many play-action throws there were and how many playmakers that they featured in that offense. I don't know that the Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones trio is any worse than the Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees trio. I don't, I don't think it is certainly not materially worse, but the, the Packers offense featured Aaron Jones less than the Saints offense featured Alvin Kamara. And the same is true with Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. So, you know, I think that is something that we have to take into consideration in these things. But it is also true that you you do what you do with your team, and, and you know you can only you can only execute in the circumstances that you're in. So Drew Brees can only be Drew Brees in Sean Payton's offense. He can only be Drew Brees with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And the other weapons that they have around him. And a very good offensive line. He can only do what he can do. He doesn't have control over any of those other things. Is he elevating those players? I think some of them. I think he turned insurance salesmen and UPS drivers into NFL receivers last year. I also think Michael Thomas is really freaking good. And I think Alvin Kamara is really freaking good. Does that make him a less viable candidate for MVP? I don't think so. But when you're looking at these MVP candidates, I think you have to take into account what you think the team is going to look like. Who is going to have the best team? I look at someone like Philip Rivers who is top five on DJ's list, Daniel Jeremiah's list. And I come down and I see Philip Rivers all the way down here at 22 to 1. And he is, you know, just barely in the top 10 in these odds. And I think, why is that? Because the Chargers have one of the deepest rosters in the league. They have a legitimate all pro receiver, at least in terms of talent, that kind of caliber of player. Same at running back. The offensive line should be solid this year. And the defense, we know, is really good. So if Patrick Mahomes takes a step back statistically, if the Chiefs' defense is is what we think it's going to be and that is not very good, the secondary is still a major problem and they lose Tyree Kill for, let's say, six games. Is it crazy that the Chargers, who were, were almost as good game for game as the Chiefs were last year, for them to win the AFC West and be the number one seed or the number two seed in the AFC? No. And so someone like Phillip Rivers who has never been an MVP. We're getting to the end of the career of someone like Drew Brees and Philip Rivers. Are they going to get lifetime achievement awards? These are if you're going to bet on such things, if you are able and capable of, you know, that that you should be taking into account. What I think is interesting is Aaron Rodgers is not on Daniel Jeremiah's list. Aaron Rodgers is 3rd on my bookie's list at 8 to 1 ahead of Andrew Luck, although they have the same technically the same odds. Tom Brady at 10 to 1, Baker Mayfield 14 to 1, Russell Wilson 16 to 1. So what would make Aaron Rodgers an MVP? Well, number 1, we have to see him crush in this offense. And that is no sure thing. This is a new offense. You've got new players in new positions. Now, most of the players on this offense, the core foundational pieces are the same. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, most of the offensive line is intact. You've got receivers that Rodgers at least knows, even if, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown are, are hardly veterans. But if those things click and he throws up a big year, yeah, sure. But in 2016, he had a big year too and didn't win MVP. And why not? Because the Packers, even for all of the the run-the-table buzz, were not the story of the season. The narrative around the MVP is enormous. This is a huge factor in determining these kinds of awards. And the Packers do fit a narrative. They've got a new coach. They added a bunch on defense. And they have the opportunity to be much better this season. The question is going to be how much credit is going to be given to Aaron Rodgers. We already know Rodgers is really, really good. No one is doubting that. If he is healthy and he plays 16 games, he's an MVP candidate. That is just what it is. We know this. This is not up for debate. It's not up for question. No matter what the trolley Bears or Vikings or Patriots fans in your Twitter timeline will tell you what I'm wondering is let's say he goes out and tosses 40 touchdowns and the Packers win 11, 12 games. How much of that credit is going to go to Matt LaFleur? How much of that momentum is going to go to the changes that were made to this offense? Because everyone knew Mike McCarthy's offense was retrograde. They knew that it was outdated and it was stale and it hadn't evolved over the last few seasons. And so If it looks like Matt LaFleur deserves a ton of credit, does that hurt the MVP candidacy of Aaron Rodgers? Now, that has not been the case with Tom Brady. Certainly, he has uh, been MVP. And everyone knows how good Bill Belichick is. Everyone knows how good Tom Brady is. How much of that with Aaron Rodgers is going to work against him? He's won twice. I mentioned Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers, who have never won. If they go out and they look like their team is the best team in football, they're probably going to win MVP. Because the quarterback is the guy that wins it more often than not. I mean, you you go down and you have to get to Alvin Kamara at thirty-three to one before you get a, a non-quarterback. Todd Gurley is next at forty to one, and and I think that's ridiculous. I think it's more likely Aaron Donald, also forty to one, Saquon Barkley, also forty to one, that those kinds of guys get in the mix. Uh, the, the defensive players, especially Aaron Donald. You know, if he didn't win last year, probably never going to win it. Uh, but you're not going to get running backs in this mix. I think someone like Matt Ryan at 28 to one is is a steal. I think Deshaun Watson 25 to one. I really like those odds because I think Houston can be a lot better. But an MVP season for Aaron Rodgers can't just be a great statistical season. It has to be a great statistical season in which this, the Packers are really good, the team is really good, and their story is really good because Matt LaFleur is going to get credit if the offense goes right. How much credit? That remains to be seen. It, it depends on why the offense is doing what it is. If they're hitting all kinds of wide-open shot plays and Aaron Rodgers is just sitting back there and throwing to open guys— you know, it could be that that Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers both win the you know of the year for their position. Matt Lafleur could be coach of the year. Aaron Rodgers is an MVP, and I think if Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate, even if he doesn't win, Matt Lafleur is going to be a coach of the year candidate, and we're going to talk about that. In just a second. But before we do, I want to remind you that for the latest takes on NBA free agency, all of the craziness that is going on in the association right now, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts at one Twitter feed at On NBA Net. It's an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from all the local experts during free agency, during summer league, and as we head into the regular season. This is at On NBA Net.
0: want organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of
1: your local grocery store. So since we're talking about awards, I mentioned Matt LaFleur as coach of the year. I want to get to that in a second, but I think the more obvious candidate. And we're going to talk about the path to Matt LaFleur as coach of the year in a second. But the more obvious candidate, in my opinion, for an of-the-year winner this season is Brian Gutekunst, Because the, the upgrades he made defensively, these are big swings. These are the kinds of things that get rewarded. And, and you go back and you look, you know, a lot of the, the executives of the year over the last decade have ended up being fired. This is this weird, um, you know, this winning the offseason doesn't always guarantee long-term success. And in fact, often proves to be fool's gold. You know, if you're a Packer fan, you want Brian Gutekunst to win Executive of the Year, but you want him to do it because the players that he signed not only do good in year one, but perform well over a longer timeline. Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, in particular are on long-term contracts that are, you know, they're going to be judged on year 2, year 3, year 4 of those deals if they're not renegotiated. But in year 1, what kind of impact could they have? Well, we've talked a lot about it on this show. The impact could be considerable. You add in Darnell Savage if Jair Alexander takes a leap, that's a Brian Gutekind's pick. He traded down to get Jair Alexander plus the pick to move up to get Darnell Savage. Add in Preston and Zadarius Smith. Add in Adrian Amos. If this defense goes from you know bottom five to, you know let's say, top ten, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that they're like a top ten defense. If they're a top ten defense and this team wins 11 or 12 games and... They're uh, certainly a home playoff team. They, they more than likely win the NFC North and, and certainly have a good shot, given how deep the NFC is this year, to have a, a first-round buy. If they do that, you look around the league and you say, okay, who are the other teams that, that really went for it and, and could be really good? Is it because they hired the right coach? Is it because they signed the right free agents? A lot of the teams out there who I think got better year over year, I don't know if their general manager is going to get all of that credit. Brian Gutekunst is in very good position to win this award if the defense improves in a significant way and the Packers are better. And if the defense improves in a significant way, I think it is a near certainty that the Packers are better. Now, better, again, this is a low bar because they were not a playoff team last year. But if they're better and Aaron Rodgers is healthy, then this team has a chance to be very, very good because we know what Aaron Rodgers is capable of in any offense and it seems like they're they're doing well with the assimilation of of the culture of the scheme of everything that needs to be done here, as the Matt Lafleur changeover takes hold. That part of it is secondary because, at least in this discussion, because I think the the personnel moves are always going to stand out a little bit more. Now, that said, if Matt Lafleur goes out. And looks like Sean McVay 2.0. Or Kyle Shanahan 2.0. And just the the Packers offense looks like this juggernaut. And Matt LaFleur is a big reason why. All the more reason why Brian Gutekunst should be executive of the year. Now I'm not advocating it for it at this moment. It would be foolish to advocate anyone to win one of these awards before the season even starts. We have to see what happens on the field. We have to see... What the fruits of their labor look like. But look, the Packers are a public team. They're going to play a lot of games on national television. They're going to be a topic of discussion all season. There are a lot of not just NFL fans, but broader sports fans who are very interested to see what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. What is the end of his career look like? What is his 2019 season look like? Fantasy football is a huge part of this. What does Aaron Jones look like? Does the free Aaron Jones movement take hold? Is there a high-level sleeper? Is MVS that guy? There are so many intriguing questions around this team. And as I said earlier, I think if 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 Aaron Rodgers is able to be in the MVP discussion, it is going to be in part because Matt LaFleur is in the coach of the year discussion. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to win it. But again, narrative, narrative. Who are the coaches out there in the hunt? The Patriots, Bill Belichick, never wins. the The Saints would basically have to go fifteen and one and just steamroll everyone for Sean Payton to do it. In all likelihood, I'm I'm hard pressed to think Sean McVay is the guy. Andy Reed if if he's able to recreate the Patrick Mahomes magic this time without Kareem Hunt without Tyreek Hill for an extended period of time he could be in that mix but it seems like you know everyone is is really I don't know if they're done praising Andy Reed but it certainly becomes more problematic to do so when some of the stuff that's gone on in his locker room has gone on and everyone was doing backflips for him last year so do the Eagles take a big step back forward? I know that sounded confusing, but do they, do they get back into being, you know, one of the elite contending teams in the NFC? And is it because Carson Wentz takes a big step forward? Could Doug Peterson be back in that mix? If the Colts take that next step and they're all of a sudden they're a two seed, Frank Reich becomes an appealing choice. But they made their step forward. Last year was their breakout season. Are there that many other coaches out there who have a good chance to flip the narrative of their team? If we were going to bet right now on who coach of the year would be, I think Matt LaFleur has to be, not because I I am so certain he's going to be a great coach, but because I think he has, if the team succeeds, and this is always the caveat. So if the team succeeds, who is going to be rewarded for that success? Certainly, if the Packers succeed, Aaron Rodgers is going to get a ton of adulation for it. In part because he's going to deserve it, no question. This is not a team set up to succeed on defense alone. This is not going to be the 2018 Bears where Aaron Rodgers has to do just enough and not lose games. But narratively, the coach of the year, You know, Aaron Rodgers, even if he doesn't have an MVP season, Matt LaFleur can can be a coach of the year candidate because... Look, the defense is, is going to be better. And Aaron Jones is going to be a bigger part of this offense. And so if the running game is is a bigger part of all of this and the defense is better, then maybe it looks less impressive what Aaron Rodgers has to do. Now, my thought would be if the running game is better and the defense is better, the chances of Aaron Rodgers not having good numbers seem slim. But, you know, I think if we're talking about the narrative, and the narrative is so important here. Matt Lafleur has a tremendous narrative going in his favor, especially if you know the audible things work out and the play action and the turning the back to the defense. I mean, all of the of the stuff that we've talked about on this show. If that stuff turns out to be just noise and the Packers win a bunch of games and the offense looks really good, Matt Lafleur is going to get a ton of credit. And part of that has to do with the fact that the sports media really turned on Mike McCarthy, the play caller and the play designer. Uh, I think most smart people covering the NFL understood what was going on and what happened, and, and why Aaron Rodgers fell off the way that he did the last eh, two or three years, statistically especially. If they can recapture that, then you know you're looking at what the Bears did last year, where you know they had a Coach of the Year, they had Executive of the Year type player. Now Khalil Mack was their best MVP candidate. But still, he was a legitimate candidate for part of the season. If Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate, it's for two reasons. One, because the offense is humming and because the team is good. If the offense is humming and the team is good, Matt LaFleur is going to be a coach of the year candidate. And if the offense is humming and the team is good, it, it is in part because of what Brian Gutekunst did installing Matt LaFleur and making the defense Better. so it all follows from one another and and clearly we know that they dovetail because the defense could make life for rogers easier the defense could make life for matt Lafleur easier and vice versa and so they all this is a rising tide lifts all boats and if the packers have a great season they could sweep the awards because again the narrative is working in their favor
2: The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: Now, I didn't want any of that to be, you know, my way of saying I think all of those is going to happen. I don't. Uh, you know, I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't bet it, but the Packers have a roadmap to it. I think the, the the power of the story is there for them. There is a clear path to, if they're good, have a chance to to get all of these awards or at least at least be in the mix for all of these awards. I mean, a, sweeping is extremely rare. And, you know, I'd be surprised, I'd be very surprised that the Packers did it. But they're th- this this Path to if they're good, I think it reflects on all three levels of their team, and it and it gives Gutikins, Lafleur, and Rogers all individually very good cases, and and as a result, you know that that leaves open the possibility, at the very least, that they could all win it. I think the other narrative that's as strong would be the Chargers with Rivers, and I think Tom Telesco is a is a criminally underrated GM. I'm very bullish on their opportunity this season to be really, really good. And that is, if we're going to pick a team that I think is most likely to have, you know, a sweep of those awards, that's the team. I really like Philip Rivers as an MVP, and I really like Tom Telesco as executive of the year, even though he didn't do anything that spectacular in the offseason, season. It just he his his drafting has been so good, his development has been so good that uh, you know it is time to open our eyes and reward that kind of stuff. right, now Charles Jamerson coming tomorrow, former University of Wisconsin defensive back, now Green Bay Packer fighting to make a roster spot and is someone that I think has a chance to to be a player on this team, to make an impact on more than just special teams, so I'm excited to get that conversation going, excited to bring it to you. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers The easiest way for you to never miss an episode is to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Spotify or on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. We are the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And anytime you want to hit us up, we're going to do a mailbag show later in the week. Anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. It's the best way to stay Locked on Packers.